Hello, all you lovely traumatized humans. I so appreciate all eight of you who listen to this. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's like, it's like I've just, I just do this every week. I sit in my closet right now. I'm sitting on a bunch of bags of like pillows and blankets and stuff because my cat got the fleas. And so we had to do like a full just cleansing of the apartment, right? So just, uh, we like sprayed the carpet with some like, I don't even know. It's it's like all natural flea killer and it actually works. Um, and then it smells like, like lemongrass and stuff. So um, that's been on everything. We put all the extra pillows and blankets in the wash and then we put them in these like black garbage bags because it's supposed to kill all of the larvae and stuff that maybe already didn't die. And then we did all of the laundry and then we gave him a flea bath and uh, we're working on it. We're get, working on the fleas. But today is not about fleas. Um, if I figure out the perfect way to get rid of fleas, I will let you know. There's this type of flea in Southern California that is immune to frontline and all of the over-the-counter flea medications. So my uh, vet gave me some prescription topical stuff, but just know that there are some fleas who will not be deterred by frontline because um, I had been putting frontline on my cat for, you know, a couple years and the fleas still came. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it, but they're insidious little fucks. So <clears throat> today what we're actually talking about is how I wrote a book. Whoa, whoa. So I write poetry all the time. I write and perform it. Um, I perform it less now than I used to because some of the the places where I used to perform have not returned from the pandemic and such. But um, writing is something that I do all the time. I mean, obviously I have this this blog and stuff, but specifically poetry um, is something I've been doing a long time. I remember in grade school, um, I started writing poetry and it was like really nerdy and geeky and like not cool at the time. Um, but I've been doing it ever since. So honestly, for like, like two decades, um, and, uh, studied English in college and I, I wrote poetry in college. I took poetry workshops and so forth, which really helped me like hone my poetry. But even now when I go back and look at what I wrote in college, I'm like, huh, mm, <laughs> some of this is questionable. You know what I mean? So three years ago about, I published a book of poetry called I Like It Cause It's Pink. And now when I read it, I'm like, oh my God, these are so not good. Like there's a couple poems that I'm like, these are pretty good. But the rest I'm like, oh, trash. And you know why? Because I'm an artist and I grow and you change and you get better. You get better. If you go watch anybody's like first stand up they're like terrible and then you know fast forward a couple decades and i'm pretty good so i feel like that's what's happening this book is so much better <laughs> and it's called i like it because no that's my old book wow sarah get with it it's called dirt girl um it's not available yet it's scheduled for publication on amazon on november 3rd uh which is i don't know almost a month away um it's available for pre-order as an ebook right now. Um, but it'll be hard cover, paper, back, and an ebook. I'm also going to create an audio version, um, like an audiobook, I guess, an audiobook. That's what that's called, which will be available on uh, Spotify, on Amazon, and about 40 other distribution channels. <laughs> I'm using this platform that distributes it across multiple platforms. So um, probably most people will either find it on like iTunes or Spotify or um, Audible. I don't imagine it'll be super long. My book is about 101 pages. So uh, it'll be a couple hours, but it won't be, you know, like a typical book that's like 10 hours long or whatever. It um, is my third foray into the world of self-publishing. My first was called Surviving 23, which I published when I was 23. Um, and that's actually got some pretty good poems in it as well. It's quite old. And I think I might revamp all of my books and put them together as like a threesome as well. Ooh, threesome. Sketchy. 
you might be thinking, like, why would anybody read my book of poetry? Why would anyone read poetry, like, full stop, right? That's a fair and pertinent question, especially in the year of our Lord 2023. Who even reads poetry? Like, if you're a poet, you might read poetry, but otherwise, like, who's who's reading it, you know? I don't even go out of my way to, to find poets or, like, poetry that much. Um, sometimes I find that I just dislike it. Uh, and there's a lot of it. And it's like hard to find what's good. And even some really popular, like modern poets, I'm like, I, I don't think it's that good. So anyway, wow, I, I sound so pretentious. But that's another reason I plan to make an audio version, because I think a lot of people will enjoy listening to me perform my poetry. Um, and then they can also, you know, have a hard copy version if they want. I can't speak for other poets or poems, but here is what I do know. I think that poems are stories, and the best poems are not so ambiguous that nobody knows what the hell is going on. I think that's a problem with a lot of modern poetry. Um, it's just like vague. You know, like everybody has had that experience of sitting in English class and you read a poem and everybody like the teacher's like, what was this about? And everybody's like, I don't fucking know. It's indecipherable. That happens a lot. I still to this day <laughs> um, bought a book of poetry not long ago in a little bookstore in San Francisco. And I got it home and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like it was so out there that I was like, I hate this. And I, I don't know what emotion it's supposed to be evoking. I don't know what story it's trying to tell. I just don't know. The best, most memorable poems in the literary canon are the poems that we all know and recognize and understand, right? Like, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, or The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost, or We Wear the Mask by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, or Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas. Like, they're recognizable. They strike a nerve. They evoke, 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 they evoke emotion. You know what I'm saying? So... That book I got in San Francisco, I literally just like, gave it away. I was like, oh, God, I just I donated it, I think, to Goodwill. I'm not comparing my poetry <clears throat> to the aforementioned literary giants. Like, I'm not, I'm not Maya Angelou. I'm not Robert Frost. Um, but what I am saying is this. My poems will not leave you wondering what I meant. They are not that flowery or vague or highfalutin. Maybe I don't like flowery, insipid poems, or maybe... I'm just not that smart. At any rate, my poems are each separate stories with a through line that's connecting them all. They are written primarily in the first person, and although I draw heavily upon my life experience, they do not constitute a memoir and should not be read that way. Uh, my stories are rooted in truth, but that doesn't mean that every word is autobiographical. I definitely took creative liberty with some of my poems. And I think that's important to point out, uh, primarily because my grandmother once was like, how dare you write this poem? And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, dude, it's not... It's not real. You know, there's elements of truth in it, but it's not like everything in that poem is like a, a real thing that occurred. If you have followed me for any amount of time, you know that I was born and raised in northwestern Wisconsin. My hometown is small with a population of 1,200 people. I think that's gone down. <laughs> it's probably close to 1,100 now. And when I was in high school, the county I grew up in had the highest rate of meth use in the state. A few years ago, over 40% of the kids in the school district were on free or reduced lunch. Drugs and low income are common in rural America, and I didn't really realize that until I left. I love my home, but I didn't know how much I loved it until I left either. From my hometown, I went to Peoria, Illinois, and then Chicago before landing in the suburban sprawl of Orange County, California. Leaving rural life required that I learn how to exist in new places and helped me better understand the enormous gulf between rural and urban populations. 
I hadn't left the country, but I had left a culture. The culture here in Southern California was both dazzling and heroically dumb. (laughs) I didn't understand how people could spend so much time and money trying to look younger, trying to seem important and chasing sort of an endless chasm of success and kind of never ending up happy. When I thought is enough ever enough. That's not something that really occurred in my uh, hometown. I feel like people were kind of happy with what they had. In acclimating to a new home and to new people, I leaned heavily on the morals and values of the place where I was raised. Uh, Family mattered most. Hard work was an ideal and a necessity, honestly, and good character was valued over material things. The tiny Midwest farming town where I was raised is full of salt of the earth people and Southern California sort of buffed the rough edges of my my uh, naivete. I was pretty fucking naive when I got here um, because look, where, the place where I'm from, nobody was like trying to um, coerce you or get something from you or sell you something. Like people were just like, hey, it's good to meet you and tell me about you. And they were just like, you know, less interested, I guess, in um, furthering their own agenda. The longer that I live here in Southern California, the more that I do grow to love it, not in spite of its imperfections, but perhaps because of them. As I write in a poem called Moving Day, people are the same a thousand miles away. Dirt Girl is a book about the inherent disparity between urban and rural America and the dissonance of being at home in two places at once, two very different places at once. I know I'm not the only person to exist in the in-between, and my hope is to find common ground with as many readers as I can. I know that a lot of people, you know, um, were maybe from a different country, and now they're in America, and they have a more exaggerated version of this story. Um, And I know that a lot of people have had a similar story as me, like coming from a small town and having to acclimate to a new culture in a big city or something like that. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe you're from a big city and you move to a small town for work or a relationship or something, and you suddenly have to understand a new place. And it is a new culture. It's very different. And I would never have felt it with such immediacy if I hadn't left. And I think it is a good thing that I do leave and have sort of cultivated this this greater appreciation for where I'm from. The book in all iterations will be released Friday, November 3rd. The ebook is available for pre-order now. It's $9.99. And the audio version will be available shortly after the print version goes live, like the week after. Um, the audio version will be pretty cheap, like I would imagine, maybe the same as ebook 9.99 and the uh hardcover will be 19.99 cuz hardcover is just more expensive to print but it does look really nice i got it uh a proof of it the other day and then um the paperback will be 12.99 so pretty affordable as far as books go and then i think what i'm going to do now is read you the poem moving day that i just referenced hold on one minute wow i found it that was such a nice little pause for me but you didn't experience a pause did you Oh my God. So this poem is called Moving Day. The streets of LA smell like urine and churros and old sticky joints. I can't see the stars. Can't point out Orion. The sky is so big. It drives me crazy that I can't see it. I'm homesick for the place where the roads are wide open, where the air is so clean it feels dirty to breathe. I came to the coast to escape myself, but running from me is a living hell. The streets are brown with grime, and the people in big houses are biding their time until something good happens. I wonder if they know that nothing is the sum of the nothing they sow. Nothing grows without water, and it never rains here. 
I am the daughter of a strong farming man whose hands are swollen from decades of work, who doesn't remember what a body feels like when it doesn't hurt, when it doesn't ache from the pain of existence. I am the daughter of a man who needs space to feel free. And here I am living in a suffocating city where smog chokes the air and people don't care about people. Wherever I go, I still think of home, that bottomless sky that grumbles with thunder and screams out the sunset the way none of us ever had time to regret anything. We were too busy living, too busy hurting, too busy believing we could be something someday. People are the same, a thousand miles away. When I call home, they want to know about the weather. My father says, be safe, and my mother prays that I'll fall in love someday, and they talk about the sky how deep it is, how big, how wide, the way it cracked the other day, how it rained and rained, how the earth was glad, and the farmers were mad with joy. They talk about the sky, and I look up, trying to find myself, being lost like this, is a living hell. Anyway, that's all for now. I guess I will, um, you know, encourage you to pre-order the ebook version but just mark your calendars november 3rd is the date it will all be live and available on amazon and then november 10th is when the audio will be available for purchase it'll be um, discounted for the first week as well so it'll be cheaper to download for um, the first week love you all bye